Welcome to this podcast about flexible office space. This is one episode of a two-part series about what the rise of flexible office demand means for landlords and building managers. Today we will focus on the benefits of flexible office space. If you like what you hear, then please tune in to our next episode about the challenges created by flexible offices as well. Enjoy! Flexibility is valuable, especially when it comes to real estate. We pay more for a hotel per night than we do if we leased the same room for a year because we want the ability to pack our things and move out. This flexibility also carries with it costs. Every time a piece of real estate changes hands, it needs to be cleaned, reconfigured, and maintained. There is also the increased chance of vacancy, which can quickly sap the margins out of even the most profitable of properties. Historically, shorter lease terms were seen as a benefit for the leasee and a loss for the leaser. This zero-sum mentality has made office landlords adverse to reducing the required length of their leases. But, now more than ever, that is what companies are demanding when it comes to their office space. The pandemic has forced companies to think long and hard about their offices. Many of them are choosing to switch from a centralized headquarter model for their real estate strategy and embrace a more distributed one. This hub-and-spoke strategy, as it is called, requires offices to be able to grow and shrink based on the local workforce, something that is all but impossible with a standard practice 10-year lease. In today's business environment, most companies are not able to predict where they will be in the next three years. Forecasting 10 years out is basically a guessing game one that should be left to a magic eight ball, if you remember those. The office market has spoken, and it wants more flexibility. But offering flexible spaces that can satiate that demand is seen by many as a loss for office buildings. But some forward-thinking property companies are leaning into this demand and finding that there are quite a few benefits of doing so. One of those is Boston Properties. The publicly traded REIT is known for high-quality offices in downtown urban areas, so it turned some heads a few years back when they created a flexible office product called, wait for it, FLEX, in all caps. I wanted to know why the biggest office REIT in the world was seeing opportunity rather than risk when it comes to short-term leases and flexible office space. Luckily, I knew just the right person to talk to. Brian Coop, Boston Properties, Executive Vice President, Regional Manager, Boston. I wanted to talk to Brian because he was one of the earliest and most vocal proponents of flexible offices. He spent a lot of time thinking about flexible offices as one of the architects of BP's Flex product. He's also just a really easy guy to talk to. He reminds me a bit of the Little League dad that would take the team out to pizza after a big win. What he told me was that the very idea that flexible space is riskier is oversimplistic. He says that these versatile spaces can actually act as a shock absorber for a building's tenants' needs. You know, when you have large clients in these bigger buildings, you do these excruciating expansion rights, and they're very specific on the dates that, um, you know, when they get a crack at it, one, you know, the square footage, then it's this floor and it's that floor. And as we always joke, you do all these dates, you do all this planning, and it never, the expansions never happen like that, ever. You know, it's very unpredictable when a client's growth occurs. 
So instead of having somebody in between the large tenants with these other long-term leases that you end up going to negotiate with, and then it becomes like, you know, the Gaza Strip, um, having the flex in between as shock absorbers really works out well. Now, it's important to point out that flex is not co-working. Instead, it's flexible suites that can be rented on a monthly basis and easily reconfigured. When I asked Brian how hard it was to create this very different type of product than the 10-year leases that are the norm in the industry, he told me that, in fact, it wasn't very difficult at all. In terms of the operation of like the, the transaction itself, it was really a matter of just coming up with a document that is very simple. It's a you know 30-day um, uh, contract versus the long-term lease, so it's much shorter. You know, it's like three to four pages, and um, and then also it was a little bit in the billing system too. Most of it's done on credit cards, so in a lot of ways it was just kind of redoing some things uh, that we already do. One of the unexpected benefits of offering this kind of space, Brian told me is that it opens up their office to companies that they would not have been introduced to otherwise. He was happy to share with me what he thought was one of the most exciting new tenants that he had signed up in a while. But we just signed up a deal with the Celtics gaming team, uh, CLTX, um, and um, they're going to be living with us in our hubhouse uh, apartments. And then we've established in one of our flex suites their practice facility. So pitchers, six gamers, um, kind of the equivalent of the basketball player going in basketball courts. They're going to our flex space, and they'll be in there practicing gaming. And then they'll run their um, tournaments, which they used to go to. You know, used to be, used to fly to these arenas. Right now they can't because of COVID. But they'll be doing their competitions out of our flex space. That to us is like the coolest thing, right? We're, we're having so many different types of users in these spaces. We'll have traditional companies, but then you've got um, groups like this that are um, finding ways to, to use our space. Connecting with up-and-coming companies in high-growth industries like esports isn't just fun and games, pun intended. It can lead to loyal tenants when the companies grow. They know our service. They have confidence in it. They've seen, you know, what professional property management looks like versus what they've had before, whether it was in their garage or in a co-working thing. They're just, it just seems more natural to them to be able to just take it to the next step. And a lot of times what we're doing is it's not even a major big, um, let's say, long-term lease. It kind of goes from, hey, they're, six, they're, they're doing six months with us to a year. Now they're going to do a three or five with us. And um, it just tends to be filling in some gap space throughout the portfolio. And they also like the fact that they can just, in one shop, get you know um, the whole portfolio for Boston. And we can talk to them about, call it different neighborhoods as well. Now, that's the benefit of our company being larger with 15 million square feet. Um, but it's certainly been a benefit for us to be able to have those discussions. One of the things that is not included in BP's Flex is community engagement. This came from feedback from the tenants who said that they were able to do this on their own 
and didn't want a community manager trying to force group activities down their throats. Even still, these communal spaces create a communal feel that Brian thinks changes the very nature of the landlord-tenant relationship and gives him one more valuable avenue for market research. You're getting firsthand feedback of, oh, okay, you don't like that part of town? Tell me why. You know, with these suites, there's a tendency where you can kind of just pop in like it's a neighborhood, right? And nobody goes, did you have an appointment? You know, they love seeing people uh, pop in. And um, it's just a different access you have in a relationship with the client um, than you would with a larger client where you got to set up appointments, set up conference calls, set up, you know, all these things, go through the receptionist. Um, nothing wrong with that with the bigger clients because they're, you know, bigger professional organizations. But the fun thing about these flex clients is they're also always really eager to tell you where they're at so that they can communicate what their growth is going to be. As Brian said, flexible space is changing the relationship between the landlord and the tenant. This was happening before the pandemic, but was certainly accelerated by it. Now tenants are thinking about what they will do in an office and how much office space they need at all. This means that buildings will have to be able to help their occupants understand exactly what their benefits are. To do this, they need data, and lots of it. One of the companies bringing that data together is Ascensus, a company that provides software and technology to the flexible workspace industry. I talk with their chief product and technology officer, James Shannon, about how they saw the needs on their software grow thanks to tenants wanting to understand more about their own office usage. Pre-pandemic, you know, there was always demand for sensors and people counting on floor plans and heat maps, but it was it was quite an abstract demand. Um, people kind of um, knew what questions they could ask, but not necessarily what they would do with the answers. And I think what um, the pandemic has been a catalyst to is, is, is a really concrete um, requirement now to understand how space is being used. Um, not only historically, but in real time, um, because the enterprise customers um, need the tools um, to be able to, you know, understand how space is being used, understand how their staff are consuming space in this new sort of hybrid world uh, between whether it's, you know, hub and spoke or, or mixed hybrid remote, you know, home remote, um, sort of flex traditional. Um, and, you know, I think what's become really clear is that, um, you know, technologies such as people counting and sensors uh, and access control and wayfinding and visitor management and all, 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 you know, the intersection of this sort of building experience has now actually become critical in actually delivering a seamless experience that works for, for enterprise customers. Office workers want much more freedom and control over where they can go and what they can do in a building. But at the same time, they don't want to be bothered with filling out forms, downloading multiple apps, or endlessly logging in and out of different programs. This creates both complexity and risk for building operators that don't have the capabilities to manage it. It's about managing risk and complexity. I think that's kind of high, two high-level areas to think about. Um, you know, the, the world is going to be more complex going forward. It's not going to be a case of, of, of letting, you know, you know, five floors in a 10-year lease and then coming back in 10 years to collect the keys. It's about delivering hospitality, amenities, flexibility, services, um, and delivering a great experience. So I think you know, managing complexity um, you need a platform to help with that. 
Um, risk is a big part of this. So actually avoiding void space, you know, making sure that your occupancy is optimized. And that's all about adapting to the market. So having a platform and a technology stack that lets you decide, okay, we've now got three floors free. Let's divide that up. Let's do a floor flex and then two floors traditional. We've got a, a, a tenant that's going to take a floor, but so let's, let's do two floors flex and they can, they can expand it. So it's all about being able to be more dynamic in the market and using technology uh, to do that. Finding ways to reduce operational complexity is something that landlords have been doing for decades, if not centuries. But flexible space requires many more building systems to work together, to pass important information back and forth so that doors can be opened and conference rooms can be booked in communal spaces just like they are in private ones. This means that the very systems that landlords are using are becoming more complex. It's also about reducing complexity from a systems perspective. So I don't want to, you know, traditionally landlords are about managing assets. Um, they're not used to providing services, amenities, hospitality, flexibility. So it's about reducing complexity, not dealing with 10 different vendors, integrating systems. This is not a world that landlords are comfortable with. Um, so being up to finding a platform that integrates, you know, with your existing enterprise investments, you know, whether that might be Salesforce or MRI or BTS or whatever platform you might be using, you know, finding an enterprise technology stack that, that plays nicely with those existing investments, but at the same time avoids you having to then go and find 10 technology vendors to convert your building into one that's fit for the next 10 years. Um, so we're really trying to plug that gap, reduce costs, sorry, control costs, reduce complexity, um, not only within the building itself, but re just reducing the friction around having to, to deal with multiple vendors and try and create a simpler world so that at the end of the day, a census has always been about enabling our customers to do what they do best and focus on running their business, not to become technology providers and technology managers. Because uh, as soon as you take your eye off running the business and you start trying to build technology, um, then, then you're in a bad place because you can't actually focus on what the market needs and what your customers need. People that are good at managing buildings are not the same people that are good at building technology. Plus, creating solutions on a building-by-building -building basis can cause landlords to miss out on one of the other benefits of flexible space, one that is increasingly important to enterprise clients, the ability to grant access to an entire office portfolio. And that's the next enterprise problem, is I'm gonna to want to go to and, and, and take space where that suits my, where my staff lo staffs are located, not necessarily where the landlords are located or, or bunched because they tend to be quite regionally located. Uh, and so I'm gonna have a quite a fragmented um, collection of space across many landlords, many operators. So how do I then create that consistent corporate experience, that consistent um, interaction with the space, whether it be print, access, you know, visitor management and so on. And so, you know, we're, we're potentially, again, uniquely situated and uniquely positioned in the industry um, through our network of connectivity of all the buildings we're connected to, to potentially create this seamless digital experience. Flexibility will always be valuable. When it comes to offices, that value doesn't always come at the expense of the landlord. Creating a flexible office can create value where none previously existed. By providing a way for space to be more efficiently used, by introducing landlords to new clients, and by allowing those landlords to leverage their entire portfolio and build their brand. There will be winners and losers of this new office environment we're going back to. But who wins and who loses in any large market shift, always depends on who adapts to new demands and who refuses to listen.
Thanks for listening. This podcast was made possible by our sponsors, Ascensus. Ascensus is the world's leading provider of software as a service and technology to the flexible real estate industry. Their newly launched Flex Services platform is uniquely designed to address the four components required to create amazing in-building experiences. Secure digital infrastructure, effective space setup, flexible operations management, and easy-to-use mobile-first occupier interactions.